The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Sunday, January 23rd. Probably will be for the entire duration of the podcast. There's a there's a decent chance you're listening. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, something's going horribly wrong. Eh, it's actually possible. Um, you may be listening on Monday, January 24th. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Because, I mean, we got some football to talk about. So smash that like button. If you are listening on uh wherever you're listening thank you for listening of course we're getting close to the end of the football season we always appreciate you guys if you're listening on spotify specifically uh go ahead and hit that uh, give us a five-star rating if you don't mind that's something they recently added and um man well joining me to break down oh i forgot we actually have a uh we'll probably give away a brinson sucks hat at some point but we actually have a paramount plus giveaway a $100 Paramount Plus gift card that we will give away if we get to 200, should have gone with a higher number, Devo, if we get to 200 likes. So smash that like button and you will be eligible in the chat, you know, comment in the chat, say like, breach is slow, for instance, I don't know, whatever you want to say. Uh, you will be eligible for a $100 gift card at some point once we get over a certain number of likes, 200, we should be able to do it. I think we're uh, easily over 100 already. Joining me to break down, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the whole divisional weekend. We obviously have a Saturday recap that's already in the feed, but joining me to break down Sunday's, I mean, I don't know how it followed it up. I don't know how it followed Saturday. It was like better than Saturday, but it was Sunday's crazy action. Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? I'll just say this. My team is obviously eliminated by the, the Chiefs early on in the process. As a football fan, this was still incredibly stressful to watch, but enjoyable. And and Breach, I wonder, I loved every moment of it. Both games, especially the, the second game, the Chiefs-Bills game. Breach, I, I would ask you, were you more stressed out with your Bills, I mean, with your, your Bengals in the middle of it? Or, or were you feeling similar stress because you knew the Bills were underdogs and had their backs up against the wall? Well, I'm just going to say, you know, like obviously Bengals, but I'm a football fan. And when I walked out of the Titans stadium, I was like, there is no way there is going to be a better game than what we just saw in Nashville. And then somehow every game in the divisional round was progressively better. Then you have the 49ers winning without offensive TD. Then you have Tom Brady coming back from 27 to three. And then you have the chaos from Sunday night. How is, was every game was just unbelievable. And I'm 
sad that I don't have a voice. Your voice is coming back. Thank you. I got a lot of notes about your about your voice on uh, via text, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, look, we will uh, we will get to first of all, if you if you for some reason did the whole uh, underdog money line parlay that I suggested on the Picks podcast, like I did, and you did you hedge? Did you hedge, Brenton? No, I you didn't hedge. Oh hedge. no, you should have hedged. Do you, hedge. you have a time machine? Because you can still hedge if you do. I could have cashed out. I should have cashed out. I had a, I had a good look at a couple of cash outs. Anyway, oh, I didn't do it. Um, it's okay. If, if you did take the same parlay, but then you swapped out the bills for the Chiefs uh, for any reason, which at least one listener did because I've already gotten a DM about it, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I'm happy for you that you won money, but you won money at my expense using my idea. So don't, don't tell me. I mean, you know, kudos to you. Crazy game. The final score, just an absolute behemoth you know like uh, we get these we get these games final score 42 chiefs 42 bills 36 we get these games in the nfl especially in the playoffs between heavyweight between great quarterbacks heavyweight matchups where the hype you're like man can this really live up to the hype like we've gotten these three insane games over the course of the weekend leading into this game is there a chance that this game actually delivers and Bill's Chiefs delivered and then some. I mean, there were how many scores in the final? Like, what? Uh, I mean, how many scores? 25 were- points in the final one minute and 54 seconds of regulation, three <laughs> touchdowns and a field goal in one minute and 54 seconds. Like, the math doesn't, doesn't add up. How's it possible? Insane. Yeah. I mean, it, the under was so. The total closed somewhere either 53 and a half or 54, depending on where you bet it. Um, the Bills had a fourth and 13 on Casey's 27, trailing 26-21 with uh, two minute coming out of the two-minute warning after engineering this lengthy 17-play, 75-yard, seven-minute drive. Uh, that, that was the full totality of the drive. And they had to convert that fourth and 13 and then get the two-point conversion to get the over and and after that, there were uh, two more touchdowns, a field goal, and then a touchdown in overtime. An absolutely just barn burner of a game. You know, I, I mean, I guess the – I mean, I know people are going to yell about the overtime rules. I, I do think – Forget it. That's the rule. I lost one like this in the same stadium to Tom what, Brady. And, yeah. What do you want to happen? Stop it. You knew the rules going in. We talk about it every week with the officiating. That's the rules. Okay. It was a fantastic football game. My my bigger takeaway would be like let's not let's not allow the overtime rules. And, and look, if you're a Bills fan, good luck going to sleep tonight, or good luck in the next few weeks. It's it's tough. You had that game won. I, it, my bigger issue is that the Bills, who scored with 17 seconds left, and I made a joke that they scored too quick, and they did. The bigger issue is they allowed the Kansas City Chiefs to get in position for a 49 yard field goal. Yep, 49-yard field goal from Harrison Harrison Butker, who piped it after having missed an extra point in a field goal earlier. You have 13 seconds on the clock, and you allowed the Chiefs to get into field goal range. That's the bigger issue, right? Well, and- a couple things. There are very few people on planet Earth that you can give 13 seconds to with three timeouts of the ball. They're on 25 and expect them to get the ball down to the 32, the plus 32, number one. Number two, and Breach, I wonder what you think about this as our special teams guru. Jay Feely in waiting. I feel like you're going to try to bump off Jay Feely so you can get that job on the on the on the national stage. I thought 
It made a lot of sense. Byron Pringle was back there. Tyreek Hill wasn't back. They were 13 seconds to go. Kick the ball short of the goal line, and you lose four seconds right there. Even yeah. if he gets the ball to the 35-yard line, you still have now seven or eight seconds. We have had this conversation on the podcast before, and I really thought that was the only mistake the Bills made there because you can't, you know, you have too much time for Patrick Mahomes. The Bills have to score a touchdown. They're at the 19-yard line. They can't dilly-dally. They can't say, let's run another five seconds off the clock because you don't know if you're going to get a touchdown. It's not like they're at the one-yard line where they have a high percentage chance of scoring. They scored on a 19-yard pass. You got to score when you can score in that situation. So if you leave 13 seconds and you are kicking off you do not kick it into the end zone. I get that you are worried about them returning for a touchdown and, and beating you, but how many kickoff returns for a touchdown have you given up this year, Buffalo? Uh, you know, your special teams, solid for most of the night. And like Wilson says, if you squib it or just kick it short of the end zone, they have eight or nine seconds, and that's it. And that's a huge difference because that means you have time for one play yeah. and then try the field goal. And I would that say is this. a lot wanna... different. I don't want to dump on them for the 13 second thing. That's I don't have any issue. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, exactly. The, I think the probability they that the 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 Chiefs will come down and score with 13 seconds to go is probably 15 percent, like maybe less. If you squib kick it, it's three percent, and that's that's the difference. And I, I get it. You, you're worried about the possibility of a run back, but if Tyreek Hill isn't back there and it's Byron Pringle, I feel a lot better about squib kicking it. I don't think Tyreek Hill was on the field anywhere at that point. But that's my only issue. And look, the Bills had that game won. It's just an incredibly tough break against the the, the other best player in the league. Um, do you think? Do you think that uh, Tyree Kill being back there for punts and nearly housing a punt earlier in the game? I mean, I would I would assume that it likely influenced Sean McDermott's decision. You know, he's like, because you I mean you you don't you're not like okay, is is Hill out there? What are we going to do? You're like, just you make the decision. I think immediately, and you're like, let's do well, this. Well, that's bad coaching if that's what they did. I don't right. think. They I mean, well, just look back there and see who it is. If it's number thirteen and not number ten, then you squib kick it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I'm actually surprised that Andy Reid didn't put Tyreek Hill out there. I guess he. Yeah, I was sort he, of. I was. I was sort of surprised too. I guess he thought he would need Tyreek uh, possibly on a play to stretch the field and to pick up yardage. Uh, additionally, look, man, the Bills' defense on the thirteen seconds, you know wasn't ideal we saw them you know they allowed a guy to get out of bounds they had timeout so they would have called him anyway but but it, here's the thing if they squip kick it and the game's over we would flip the other conversation and say what is the chief's defense doing every single time josh allen got the ball uh for the final 45 minutes the, the, those guys are running wide ass open and gabriel davis broke at least four guys ankles out there so at least that one of the bills broke their ankles on that last drive um, and even the final news, play, we're gonna we're gonna give away a, a, a Paramount Plus gift card already. That's, we're, we're over two hundred. Oh, so nice. keep smashing that like button. Debo, no, Debo, Debo said two thousand. Oh, two thousand. And uh, when the Chiefs are driving the thirteen seconds, you know how is Travis Kelsey the guy catching the ball? It's Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Make somebody else beat you. Don't let their studs get the ball. How are they? I think part of the issue is that they were. Doing the, I, I jokingly call it the no doubles, where you, you don't let them get to the sidelines, which didn't really matter because they had, they had timeouts, they had timeouts. timeouts so yeah. it didn't matter. Oh, yeah. you, like you just want to get what you want to do is get somebody, you want to grab somebody, like you don't want to worry about somebody getting out of bounds. You want to grab somebody and don't actually tackle them, like hold them and, and pull them for a second or two. Well, they the couldn't touch thing, anybody. And and I mean, shout out to my buddy, my good friend Garrett, who I don't I don't think is watching, but if he is, hey Garrett, hey G man, um, the. What the Bills should have done is hold every receiver on the field on that first play, on every single play with those final few minutes, because it's a five-yard penalty 
Or is there is there like something you can only do it once because oh that's right they they changed uh, the rule in 2017. If you do it a second time, they will put reset the clock to where it was. So like the first time you'd be like, oh, it's an accident, but with only 13 seconds left in the game and you do it once you're going to burn like four seconds off and that's so, a huge amount of time the yeah. math is squib kick hold on, hold on. The, yes. the math is squib kick and then hold on the first first play yes yeah that, squib that kick hold on the first play you then have one hail mary with four seconds left and right and that rule i it was implemented because uh the ravens did it against the Bengals, where they held everyone and ran out the clock right. and it was brilliant at the time and you can still do it once without getting in trouble so yeah definitely that would have helped but again we're this is revisionist history no pressure on us to make any decisions i thought the bills should have won that football game and you could play that game a million times for 13 seconds ago and and i bet yeah probably 40% of the time Mahomes does it again but at least 6 out of 10 times the bills win it i mean you can't give up a 75-yard touchdown drive, a 44-yard field goal drive in 13 seconds, and a 67-yard drive in overtime. It just seemed like their defense was gassed. I mean, it was gassed. I their mean, defense played so well for so long, and then the wheels just kind of fell off the wagon in the fourth quarter. Uh, where are the play counts you have in front of you? How many plays were the? How many offensive plays yeah, did the Chiefs run? Um, good God, so the Chiefs had 552 yeah. yards. My God, Bills had 422. Um, Chiefs had average 7.3 yards per play, Bill 6.7. Chiefs had 73. And again, the Chiefs had the overtime possession, so that that changes things. But well, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that those the Bills players are still tired. No, no, I'm saying, but I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, the 73 plays for the Chiefs, 63 for the Bills. So, I, so it's basically even in terms of plays run. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I was just thinking about the number of plays that, that and that's, that's certainly to be be yeah. gassed. And also, just as a point of reference, in the uh, 28-3 comeback, that's Super Bowl, the Falcons, they played great for most of that game. They were on the field for 99 plays. So still 25 plays less than, than what the Bills were. But 73 plays is a ton of plays, especially when you're not playing against Derrick Henry, which isn't fun to do, but you're not doing 40-yard sprints every single play and having to come back to the huddle and cover Tyree Kill. Yeah, they wear you out. I mean, you're just your secondary is running around the field the entire game. It's like you're running a 20 yard dash on every single play. And no matter how good a shape you're in, that's going to wear on you. I mean, we could barely do that for two plays and we would be dead on the ground with a heart attack. And these, these guys have to do it for four quarters. By the way, uh, this this game is so good. This is how this is how you pass the test for how big a game was this. Uh, I just got a text from AK, my wife, who is is getting texts from her friends. They're like, did you see that game? Insane. <laughs> she hadn't talked to me in like two years. She's now watching downstairs. Um, she's watching the fourth quarter with 1237 left and says she's cheering for the Bills. So she's got that's that. the luck. Maybe yeah. this is the time. Maybe we should fire up her on Twitch and let her uh, let her let her watch it live on a, on a, on a show. Um, so. I, I mean. I don't I don't know that you have I mean look the defenses obviously gave up a ton of points. The there were some things the Bills did late in this game that resulted you know at the, at the end of the game that you have to question. But they also got really lucky you know converting a fourth and 13 where they did. And I, yeah, I, it's it's I, luck, but I mean is that luckier than Patrick Mahomes going 75 yards in 13 seconds or however far he went? Oh, God, he got mad at that one. You can't ask Princeton questions like that. But you know what? Was it luck? Because how many quarterbacks would you think could have even done that? It is. I think it might be one and a half. You can take the over-under. I might take the under. Who's the other one? 
I mean, Kyler, but is he going to complete the pass as often as Josh Allen? Lamar Jackson? It's hard to say because I don't know if his ankle's healed. I just can't believe. Like, I feel so sorry for Bills fans. I can't believe they lost to Kansas that City is, two years in a row. I'll ask you, Breach, because um, you, uh, you've had a history with us prior to this year. Um, would you rather lose 50 to nothing in the playoffs or like that? Uh, if, if these are my two options and the only two options, yeah, probably 50 to nothing. I'd yeah. rather just be deflated at halftime and be <laughs> mentally preparing myself and knowing it's done. Then, I mean, this is rip your heart out bad. Uh, which, which way would you rather lose? If you had to lose, would you rather be the bucks or the bills? Oh, what's the difference? No, that wasn't my wife. The bucks, the bucks. Cause I was at 27 to three, you've kind of told yourself it's over. And then, you know, you get your hopes up again, but, also, you were mentally also, prepared for the loss. False hope sucks, man. Trust me. That's false hope <laughs> is brutal. Um, yeah, as uh, as Andrew Norton points out in the chat, the Bills have lost uh, four. You know, this this is a fan base that lost four Super Bowls in a row. I mean, I don't know. It it uh, it. I think I think that it's re- the Buccaneers and Tom Brady are just won the Super Bowl last year. So like that loss stings. You know, you can live with being outplayed and, and having a miraculous comeback and then and then losing after coming off a Super Bowl. You know, it sucks, but you, you know, you at least is a good, you know, a, a good season, a bunch of injuries. You feel like you just sort of, you know, just wasn't meant to be. And if you're the Bills, though, you know, th- this is like a and we talked about it leading into the game. This is like a Michael Jordan, bad boy Pistons type of thing in the in the 90s where you had to. You had to, you know, trying to find a way to take down the top dog in your in your conference. And if you're the Bills, you had the Chiefs on the ropes. Like it would, it changes everything about how you operate as a friend. You know, I, I I just think this game, the Bills are about to flip the script, and you know, remind like we can beat the Chiefs. You know, we can we beat them in the regular season, beat them in the playoffs. We're in the conference championship game against the Bengals. We have a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl. And now it's like, oh my God, we just got scoop slammed in 13 seconds. It's it's a it's a really backbreaking loss for Buffalo, I think. No, I think that's correct. I think they're in a great spot, though. I, I mean that Josh Allen has Josh Allen's unbelievable. He's gone a, from he, guy he, he who completed on a run. Guy who completed 54% of his passes at Wyoming and everyone was dumping on him when he got drafted so high. And I'm sure Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott McDermott at times this rookie season wondered if they did the right thing, but each and every year, he's gotten better. And, you know, we talked about this two years ago in that playoff against the Texans where they were on the road and he threw the ball behind his head. We're like, oh, my God, what are you doing, Josh Allen? Last year, we didn't see any of those mistakes until the very last game of the year uh, in the playoffs. And this year, we didn't see any mistakes ever. Um, he had a, a maybe, you know, had a bad game here or there, but it was nothing like, oh, my God, what is Josh Allen doing? He had a better season than Patrick Mahomes. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in this game, you could argue, pretty easily, I think. Uh, except for those final 13 seconds and, of course, that final drive in overtime. But, I, I mean, Breach, if you're starting a team in, in 2023, 2022, whatever year's next, no Joe Burrow, he's in another league, are you taking Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I'm probably taking Mahomes because he, he's just been better for longer. Uh, but it's it's close. I mean, you look at these stats up here that that Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdown passes threw for 378 yards and Josh Allen still finished with a higher QB rating. And, and he was spectacular. I mean, there was that fourth and four play, the drive where uh, 
they scored on the fourth and 13 touchdown. I mean, fourth and 13, they converted that for a touchdown. And like five plays earlier, they converted a fourth and four, four where Josh Allen scrambles around and gets four yards and their whole season was on the line. He just kept making clutch play after clutch play after clutch play. And he just happened to be up against the one guy who can make one more clutch play. So breach uh, the bills were four for four and fourth down and two four of those four and two of those were touchdowns on fourth down. I mean, think about that. So I don't know if that's, I don't think that's luck. I think that's them just being amazing. Yeah. I mean, and, and, in clutch situations, you go four for four on fourth down. You shouldn't lose. No. If you, if you told somebody that Buffalo had 23 first downs, 422 yards, 6.7 yards per play, Went three of three in the red zone, four of four on fourth down, and six of 14 on third down. That Josh Allen. And no had, turnovers. No, no turnovers. turnovers. That Josh Allen was 27 of 37 for 329, four touchdowns. And Gabe Davis had 200 receiving yards and all four receiving touchdowns. And then you told him that they lost. It would be pretty difficult to believe. I mean, that's just life against Patrick Mahomes, I guess. You know, I mean, I think these are. This was probably, no, not probably, almost certainly, definitely 100% the cleanest game of the postseason so far in terms of obviously no mistakes in terms of the turnovers. Um, but little things that that can cost you. We mentioned the squid, the, the decision not to squib kick it. Um, I was looking at, uh, let's see. Oh, the first, the first Bills drive after the half, they were trailing 14-17. Mm. On their own 34-yard line, fourth and one, the play before they run some stupid end around with Isaiah McKenzie when you have Josh Allen. That, we saw we that saw Isaiah McKenzie play should be designed to set up a fourth down go. Like if so you're going to punt that, there, right? Yeah. So they punt there, um, and then the Chiefs come down and score, make it twenty three fourteen. So they mix it, miss the extra point. So uh, that's a little thing, and it's not a huge thing. Uh, the the math said go for it. I I get it. If, if Isaiah McKenzie or Josh Allen had taken a sack on the third down, of course you punt. We saw Mike Vrabel do that yesterday, a little closer in, but fourth and eleven. And then the other one, the, the worst one, by the way, uh, it was Casey early in the 11-28 in the fourth quarter. Oh, the third and one when you take Mahomes out, out from under center and you run the Blake Bell option? You, run, you bring in Blake Bell. Worth noting. Was, made no sense. Made no sense. Three-yard loss, and then they kept to kick the ball in fourth and four. You have Mahomes. You have Josh Allen. You use those guys. Nate Taylor, the Chiefs, who covers the athletic for the Chiefs, tweeted this out. Um, Blake Bell got a first down every time this season when he took the snap for, as a quarterback sneak. I don't still think that absolves Andy Reid for doing that in that situation. Like, That's, do that in preseason, man. Do Patrick that. Mahomes is your leading rusher in the game. So if you don't want to use his arm, you run an option if you want, but you don't take your quarterback out from under center, from behind the center when he's Patrick Mahomes. Like, especially the Bills were well prepared for anything that the, the Chiefs were thinking about throwing at them as far as those little trick plays. Uh, yeah, that my was, seventh that, grade that was basketball. It. My seventh grade basketball coach used to call it hookie dookie breach. Hook, you know what? Don't do the hookie dookie. You don't need the hookie dookie. You got Patrick Mahomes. He is the hookie dookie. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they do that. They run that stuff all the time, but usually it's with uh, Travis Kelsey, who is a threat to pass and like a pretty good runner. And I, I mean, again, Blake Bell's done it, but and he was a quarterback in, in college. But I want Patrick Mahomes with the ball in my hand on third and one in a critical situation. They had to settle for a field goal, of course. Um, you know, I thought, uh, I wrote down definitely I had those both written down as you know like big moments that were disastrous. And by the way, there's a great uh tweet from Ian Harditz of uh Pro Football Focus. <laughs> he said that uh 
the the uh, the the Chiefs went 44 yards instead of a field goal in in less time than Dak scramble, which is which is pretty wild. From, hey, they had three timeouts, Mike McCarthy. Just something to consider. Something to consider. The yeah, the fourth down by McDermott on on his own 30. Now, I think a lot of casual fans, definitely the analytics said to go. 34. Is this 34? On his own 34. I would have I would have gone too because I I think you can sneak Josh Allen up the middle and 90% of the time you're going to get more than that. Probably more than, I think it's 99. I mean, yeah, you're going to get the call from the referees. And if you're worried about the Chiefs scoring, here's the upside. They score quicker if you lose the ball there because they wouldn't score a touchdown on the next drive anyway. And uh, one thing that, you know, so wait, the I thought that the Bills down near the end were trying to, they were trying to score with as little time left as humanly possible. And they had it and they scored a touchdown and they, left. they did score. <laughs> I mean, they did a great job. No, but I'm saying that they scored the, the one touchdown where um, Allen hits, he hits uh, Gabe Davis for 27 yards on the fourth and 13. And then it was like, all right, you know, you, you got the t-. They were trying to run the clock down as low as, as low as possible, but they ran a dumb play on that third down that it was that screen to Devin Singletary that got snuffed out. He gets mm-hmm. pulled back for a loss. So it's fourth and 13, but you have to go. You can't possibly kick. They go for it. They get even with three timeouts. I don't think they go for it. They get the touchdown. They're, again, there's way too much time on the clock, but the Chiefs score on that 64 yard Tyreek touchdown. There's too much time on the clock for them. I, I, you know, all four divisional round games came down to the final play. Like we're ended on yeah, the final I, play of the game. That's crazy. I would push back a little bit. Like it's incredibly hard to score touchdowns. So I, I think I get it. Like I was thinking, should Tyreek have, have gone down at the two yard line when he You're was right, yeah. no, he should have scored. I, I but anything can happen. Like you have that Cam Akers fumble that we'll talk about right before half at the one yard line. And then what? Then you're yelling and screaming that Tyreek didn't score. I get it. I understand what you're saying, but I, I just think you got to be careful because you, you do want to get into the end zone. You don't want to be the well, guy who got too cute. That was sort of gonna be my point is that I thought the Bills got too cute. And I, I you know, you I understand what they were doing. They were trying to run the ball. They ran the ball way too much in this game. Josh Allen could have passed for a thousand yards against this Kansas City defense. And we saw that on the deep uh Gabe Davis touchdown, 75 yards, one play. Uh you know, after after the you know, they don't go for it on on fourth down, they punt, net 27 yards. Miko Hardman, 25 yards on an end around, first rushing touchdown of his career, uh, playoffs or regular season. And it's like 23-17 after Butker shanks the extra point. And you're like, or 23-14, excuse me. And you're like, man, the Bills are in trouble. Very next play because of the kickoff went in the end zone. Boom, bomb. And it's like, you know, I know what you're trying to do by controlling the clock and keeping Mahomes off the field. But like, you got a dude who can go head to head with him. Just unleash this passing offense and light this secondary up, especially with no honey badger out there. And, and the keeping the Mahomes off the field strategy makes sense if your defense is actually stopping him. But it's not. They had 23 points in the third quarter. This is a shootout. So now you've got to start acting like it's a shootout. And they should have uncorked Josh Allen earlier. I mean, you're right, Brinson. I feel like Josh Allen, if they had just thrown the ball 80% of the time, Josh Allen could have thrown for 550 yards. So listen to this. ESPN stats tweeted this out. Uh, in the first half, Josh Allen averaged 2.8 air yards per attempt, the lowest of his career. Wow. <laughs> crazy. That I mean, is crazy. Both these quarterbacks were made in just bananas plays with their legs, too, in this game. I mean, Mahomes, it felt like the Bills could have sacked him 10 times and broken. Like, I watched Mahomes 
prior to this game, and I thought, oh, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, he's not Josh Allen. I think he saw Josh Allen and said, let me see if I can do that. And he said, oh, I can do that. I was surprised how fast he was. I mean, you're surprised by how fast Mahomes is? Yeah, I think that's what I just said. You didn't hear me? I mean, he had that 34-yard run where he just – it looked like the Bills defenders were surprised at how fast Mahomes was. Yeah. I like how, he like, just, like, zipped up the middle, and they looked like they thought they were going to tackle him, and all of a sudden he was uh, – Five yards ahead of him, they're like, wait, what? Whoa. I would say that I was surprised tonight at how elusive he was. I don't think I'm ever surprised by anything Patrick Mahomes does physically. I mean, he bent a ball around a defender into, into somebody's well, That hands. didn't surprise me because he does those sorts of things. But rare, rarely is he outrunning his breach notes, notes, defensive backs to the sidelines. And Josh Allen does that regularly. So I'm like, oh, that seems... It's infuriating if you're trying to set the edge on Josh Allen because you're not going to. And Frank Clark just gave up on, on the fourth and thirteen play. I think it was. It looked like they had him. Maybe the fourth and fourth play around the fourth and fourth play around the end. Um, so here's a fun little game. I'm looking at the their, their forty times of the combine. Who had the fastest forty of the combine? Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I'm Ooh. guessing it's going to be. Allen now? Mahomes. I don't know. You thought Mahomes was slow, so I don't know. I'll say Mahomes. I would say Mahomes too if I was guessing. Okay, what do you what do you want to give him a time? Um, four eight one. Four six. Uh and Josh Allen, what does he have? What's his time? Four six four eight five. So breach is cheating. Patrick Mahomes is four eight. What? I did not cheat. How could I cheat? I, I don't everyone have... knows you're a serial cheater, <laughs> Josh Allen is four seven five. Oh, so Josh Allen was faster. Yeah, neither of them are burners, but again, I don't think it just to reiterate more for my sake as the the, the junior draft analyst, don't get caught up in 40 times because no one was catching either one of those guys when they got in the open field. Yeah, I mean they're they're crazy athletes. And look at these head-to-head meetings. You can see on the graphic if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button if you're in the chat. We're giving away a hundred dollar Paramount Plus gift card. What? <laughs> Um, fantastic. Mahomes, they're in, in their head-to-head meetings, including the playoffs, of course, I believe, right? Three and one. Mahomes is three and one. Allen, 12 touchdowns, two picks. Mahomes, 11 touchdowns, two picks. The Chiefs have scored 126 points, and the Bills have scored 115. I mean, it's just, you just can't, I mean, it just sucks to be a Bills fan right now because you felt like you scored. You felt like you got that, you had the ball last, and you scored, and there was somehow just too much time left even though there's like 17 seconds. Um, Debo, do you have a soundbite for us? No. Oh, I thought you did. Did I, did I miss that? <laughs> Brenton, just follow the rundown. Just once, Brenton, follow the rundown. I'm just trying make, to look at the box score, man. It's insane. Brenton, just making stuff up. All right, Debo, take us uh, on the field. Who, who do we have to talk to? We have <laughs> Siren Math. No. Siren Mathayu. Um, oh, man. I, I thought I read something wrong. Sorry. Look, it's been a, I mean, what a, what a two day of football. So 25 points scored in the final two minutes of regulation, the most in NFL playoff history. I, I don't and know, and the I, second most in NFL history ever. Oh, right, there you go. I, I, I thought that just two things about the sort of the mental process of dealing with this game. One, I needed more than five minutes after Bucks uh, Rams to gather myself. I need more than five minutes just to eat dinner. Yeah. I mean, and then <laughs> what it was, you totally went from this emotional, what like, you said, you're trying to process the Buccaneers Rams game. And all, all of a sudden you have chiefs bills kicking off. You're like, no, hold on, hold on. I, did Tom Brady really just lead a comeback and then lose? Like what? No, no, we cannot start this game yet. 
Yeah. I, I, call, I, like, I call everyone at CBS. I said, can we delay 10 minutes? They said, no, Breach, you have zero power. Yeah. And they're like, Breach, you're, we don't even know your name. They're like, Breach, you're talking to a mouse on a phone. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I looked down. I was like, oh my God, the game starts in five minutes. This is insane. So, and, and sort of because of that, I mean, just, I don't know, the, like it took, it was sort of, you're in the second quarter and there's a little bit of a lull, as you can see, walk offs on all four games. It was what was it 14 nothing going into half? Because Bucker shanked, or was it 17 14? 14 14. 14 14 going into half. And you felt like it was trending towards an under game. The third quarter was fairly slow, uh, heated up a little bit at the end. And then, of course, the fourth quarter went bonkers. And I guess, I guess my point is that this was just kind of an, it was just an awesome game. And somebody had to lose, unfortunately. You know, it wasn't like the Bills played poorly and got dominated. They played great. Their defense couldn't hold up against a really good Chiefs offense. And Kansas City won at home. It, you know, the little, it's a, you know, we always call it a game of inches, but I mean, like all the little things matter. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, did you get anything else to add on this game? I, I, I mean, I mean, I will. And, and we kind of brushed over this, but didn't really talk about how everybody hates overtime. That seems to be the consensus that Josh Allen and the Bills didn't get the ball. Uh, I don't think there's a great way to do overtime. It is. That, there is actually, I don't want to bring this up, but there is a, a game theory way to do it. Well, and, and John Harbaugh, I think, proposed. Oh, what, what, proposed. is it the same one? What is it? There's the bidding thing. Exactly. Where, yeah. Which, you know, whichever team. So each coach would put in a bid and whichever coach decides to start further back would get the ball first. So if one coach picks the 19 yard line and the other coach picks the nine yard line, the nine yard line team gets it. I'm what, going what back. Happens, what happens if both the Bills and Chiefs said the one? No, you, you would. They would make, say like write a decimal, like nine point one or nine, so it would make it almost impossible sure. to. I'm saying. I'm saying. Die. I'm just saying zero. Back of the end zone with these two quarterbacks. I, with, yeah, with these two offenses, I'm like, give me the ball of the one. Yeah. Or add football skill, and my proposal is the field goal gamble, where one team picks the length of a field goal, say sixty yards, and the other team gets to decide whether they want to kick it or have the other team kick it. Hmm. And then if you hit the field goal, you get the ball first. And if you miss it, the other team gets the ball first. I, I guess, I guess my thing is we already did this in 2018 when again, and we, we mentioned this when Tom Brady came into Arrowhead in the exact same stadium on the same field and Patrick Mahomes, after out, out, I believe he outplayed Brady in that game played incredible. It was his MVP season and you know, didn't get to touch the ball in overtime. And, and Jim Nance and Tony Romo did a really good job of, of talking about that. I mean, it's, you know, I don't like the idea of the college overtime, although, well, I would say that I don't, I would like the college overtime idea better in the playoffs because you are there rewarding, you know, offenses for success and defenses for creating turnovers. I think because of the execution level of these two quarterbacks and these two offenses and the just gas nature of these defenses, we, we could have gone on for, I mean, like when, when was somebody going to stop scoring, you know? 10 overtimes um, you can't do that in, in the regular season. And then the problem becomes, can you change the offense or can you change the overtime rules, excuse me, from the regular season to the playoffs? I think that's a little bit of a tricky situation because you were asking, you know, these guys to know specifically specific and extremely different rules for the postseason versus the regular season. There's just not really a good solution. And real quick, the Ravens' proposal was just one coach picks the distance, and the other coach picks whether they want to play offense or defense. 
So if the one coach picks the five yard line, the other coach would have to decide, well, do I want to go 95 yards or maybe it's safety or do I want to play defense from there? So, so in other words, under this proposal, Andy Reid would say five yard line. And then Sean McDermott would have to say offense or defense. Right. Do I want to give the ball to Patrick Mahomes or do I want my defense on the field? You take offense in, in this particular game. In a lot of, you know, a lot of games would be, it'd be very different. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that approach. But that was, that was John Harbaugh's. I told John to beat it, I guess. The, it is just absolutely insane that a coin flip decides those games. Cause there was no doubt in my, I mean, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that the chiefs were going to score. Right. Well, yeah, but the same thing could have been said about the Bills. They just they had a 50-50 chance, and I mean, what's the alternative? It, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just they go, they play sixty minutes, play out of their minds, and then it's just decided by coin flip. Seems it's just kind of also. I mean, we just talked about this. They were on the field both for sixty-three about snaps. So you want to, you want them to go another fifteen full minutes just to say "quote unquote" it's fair? Yeah. I mean, but also, you know, like overtime's designed to get the game over with. You right. don't want to play 20 overtimes. And so if you win game in regulation, if you don't give up 44 yards in 13 seconds, you win the game. So, like, you know, there's that argument. I mean, should I mean, should it be as simple as each team gets the ball once? And you know, obviously, if you know the Chiefs score a touchdown and then the Bills don't, it's over. Well, I think they sort of massaged that rule when they said first score doesn't win the first score has to be a touchdown in order for you to win but why i mean you can have a different playoff overtime rule that keep the keep overtime rule for regulation and make it both teams have to score a touchdown then like for instance or both teams have to have possession once in in the playoffs or you could even do something where you say all right here's the deal each team gets the ball once it's guaranteed one possession in the playoffs you have to go for two if you score a touchdown and so then, like, you, you just increase the variance in, in terms of what the outcome might be to get the game over with. I, I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just tough, man. Like, it's, oh, wow. Great stat from Debo here via st at StatMuse. Coming into tonight, Josh Allen was 9 and 0 calling the coin toss this season and went 0 and 2. Yikes. I mean, I'm assuming he was tails every time. That's why you go heads in overtime. Always go heads. Really? Overtime? Yeah, you got to switch your strategy. It's all different. It's a new really? ball game. All right. Anything else from this game? Yeah, give me one second. I'm trying to do some math real quick. Okay. Can't, find, can't find the button. I like your sweatshirt, Breach. He said you don't like mine? I'm just I'm just filibustering so you do your math, man. Oh. Um. All right, here we yeah. go. Hold on. So uh, almost there. Hold on. Hold on. There it is. Compelling podcast. Yeah, go ahead. We'll go to break. I'll figure it out. Hold on. Don't All right. <laughs> we'll go to break. And coming up after the break, we'll find out what the hell Ryan's talking about. Next. <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Again, we are giving away a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. You can smash that like button and be eligible to win said gift card. The mountain of entertainment. What is it seven ninety nine a month? Is that right? Um, nine ninety nine. Whatever it is, it's a great deal. There's tons of great shows on there. Tons of great movies. You can stream. You can watch stream your local NFL games. Um, tons like tons of high quality content. And a hundred dollars will pay for uh, over a year. So you get a year's worth of this great streaming service with everything from Comedy Central, CBS, all the Viacom networks, MTV, VH1, all that stuff, basically for free. P plus, baby. All um, right, I got it. Took me a while to get there. Good lord, I had to filibuster about Paramount. I know it's hard to use the calculator on on the um, Google, so I'm not used to it. Um, so to go nine and zero on a coin toss, the probability of you doing that is point zero zero two. Wow, so two two ten thousandths. I think that was uh, probability that you do nine and zero. Going zero and two is only twenty five percent. So. It's much more likely that you go 0 oh, and 2. The 9 and 0 oh thing was incredibly impressive. Uh, it sucks that he went 0 oh 2 tonight, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to do that math real quick. So, highly improbable that he would have done had 9 oh, straight. Nine, uh, right. Much more likely that he did 0 oh 2. Thank you for your patience. That was that was fun math. That was worth the wait, Ryan. Thank you. All right. It feels the Bucks Rams game feels like 12 years ago. Oh, 100%. So, Tom Brady is now 58. Yeah. How's, and, and still playing. Still, still playing. Still handsome as ever. Just won a Super Bowl. The Buccaneers fell to my Rams. I, I still I can't believe that the four-dog parlay didn't hit. It was there. <laughs> it was in the freaking house, man. Oy vey. 30-27. to 27, Rams beat the Bucks. This game was the opposite of the Bills and Chiefs game in that the Bills and Chiefs were just firing back and forth at one another essentially the entire game. What was the, the biggest lead was, uh, what, 23-14? Uh, 27-3. No, 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 in the, in the, in the – Oh, yeah, 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 in the Chiefs-Bills yeah, game. 23-14, you never felt like, like – people were like, oh, Buffalo's toast. It's like, let's settle down here. You know, like the Bills can score quickly. However, 27-3, to when Matthew Stafford sneaks up the middle on the Rams' first possession – or no, excuse me, not the, with seven minutes left, I don't know if it was the first possession or not – uh, six six play, 28-yard, three-minute drive, punches it in. There are several insane sequences in this game. But, I mean, nothing as crazy as Tom Brady's deal with the devil allowing him to come back and tie this game with 46 seconds left, which apparently, as we've learned today, is not, not nearly enough time or way too much time to leave on the clock for any NFL team. The Rams completely dominated this game the entire like the entire way and then because a combination of bad luck Sean McVay kind of turtling up and attempting to um you know really just shrink the clock despite knowing that Tom Brady's on the other side and you know, basically I mean, really just bad luck dumb decisions and what's the bad luck I mean just fumble luck and, and whatnot yeah okay yeah I mean yeah there, there were some weird turnovers in this game and uh, the Bucks tied it up. 
felt like it was going to overtime on the first play. They run a sneak with Matthew Stafford for some reason. It was like, were you paying tribute to Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy? What's happening here? And then a quick pass to Cooper Cup. He gets out of bounds. And Todd Bowles, for the first time all game, sends six, six-man rush, all in on Matthew Stafford, who was, according to the stats, the number one quarterback against the Blitz in the NFL in 2021. Stafford goes up top to Cooper Cup on a dig route. I think it was. And um, that was a little post. Yeah, whatever it was. And uh, Cup catches it. They sprint <laughs> up there. Stafford spikes it with like two or three seconds left. Matt Gay bangs him the field goal, and the Rams get out of town. It was a, I mean, it was like a boring game that was in. It was a lot like the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, right? Uh, it was slightly more exciting than that. Oh, uh, the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Is that what you meant? Or do you mean no, the Falcons? I mean, Falcons oh, they were down 20, oh, okay. 23 game. Yeah, I thought you meant the, the, the Rams Patriots. That one was way, this one was way more exciting. Um, I'll just have one question for Breach, and then Breach, you can expound. How did Matthew Gay come short on a 48 yarder in Tampa Bay? No, uh, so when that happened, he hurt himself in the pregame. I actually thought it went in, and then I saw the refs refs do this number, and I literally rewound it, and I was like, he missed that? How did he miss that? And then, but you saw, you know, it said short, and it was like, he fell short, and you know what, though? He did get injured in pregame, but his kickoffs were going far. You know, like, he looked fine. I think he kicked uh, a field goal. Field goal I, earlier. I think, just, I think he was just trying to finesse it and thought this is not a long that long a kick. I'm just going to finesse this thing. They wouldn't me. have sent him out there if they didn't think he could hit from 47. Or they would have gone know? instead. Of right, kicking. right, right. So yeah, that was just that was weird. You you do not see NFL kickers fall short from inside 50 yards in a perfectly in perfect weather where it's oh. 65 degrees and. Well, I have some breaking news in uh, my in my in my headset. We're going to give away a second. Paramount Plus gift card. What? Smashing that like button if you haven't hit it already. $100 Paramount Plus gift card. You basically get one of the best, the best streaming service on the planet in the history of the world for free for a year plus. If you on and you're eligible for it, all you have to do is hit that like button. It's a mystery number, Debo says, but we will give away a second Paramount Plus gift card. Smash that like button if you have not. Sorry, Breach, go ahead. Oh, that was it. Just you don't ever see that, but you know what? He redeemed himself because he didn't fall short on the no. game-winning field goal with from thirty yards out because that would have been extremely embarrassing. I think the the takeaway for me is that um, you have to have a franchise quarterback like to to get this thing done. Tom Brady's obviously that, but the offensive line was banged up, and you know we've been talking about this for twenty years. If you if you get after Tom Brady up the middle, he's going to be uncomfortable because he's not mobile. And Tristan Warps was out. Josh Wells' replacement was literally hobbling on one leg at points during this game. Uh, and, and he was flustered. In the first half, he played terribly. He obviously played better in the second half. You you know, you have questions about the 55-yard touchdown to Mike Evans. You have questions about Cam Akers. And, oh, my God, what are you doing, my man? The, so they lost out on 10 points with the Cam Akers fumble and the, 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 um, the Matt Gay, excuse me, uh, 48-yarder that came up short. At least Matt Gay had an excuse. But those are the type of things – that will come back to haunt you in the worst possible way as you you know move through the move through the tournament as uh, Hootie Johnson used to say. But hey, huge win, unbelievable comeback, and I, I don't think there's there's much you can take away from it other than if you clean up the stakes, you have a good chance. Of, well, not a good chance. We know that they're they struggle with the 49ers, but you have a, you have a great chance to 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 compete next week and go to the Super Bowl and compete 
in SoFi Stadium where the Super Bowl is going to be played. The Rams are the first team in NFL history to get to the host the conference title game at home in a year where the Super Bowl is being played at their stadium. Yes, and they would obviously be the only team in NFL history to host the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl if they were to advance uh, to the 49ers. We'll, of course, break down both of those games very quickly. Um, when you know, at, We're not very quick. We'll break them down after we uh, finish recapping these games. You know, man, look, I, um, I'm a Rams guy. I'm a Matthew Stafford guy. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. He's two wins away from probably getting in, just for the record. Mm-hmm. And that – when Tom Brady was coming back, like now I know how Falcons fans feel. And I was in the building for that game and it was insane, but I was watching it as someone who's like, Do you remember who you were sitting next to in the press box? You man. Yeah, Um, I know. That's why I asked. Um, (laughs) Best breakfast tacos ever in, uh, in Houston. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you know, I was, I was like in that game, you're like, I mean, this is just crazy. Like this sucks for Falcons fans, but Tom Brady's amazing. And as somebody who bet on the Rams, actively rooting for the Rams, you know, wants Matthew Stafford to win a Super Bowl, you know, for mostly mostly for him, but a little bit for personal vindication. Um, to watch him play as as well as he played in that game, and then to have all the way that like all like all of a sudden it's just tied up because of some crazy circumstances. It was I feel I I feel way worse for Falcons fans than I've ever felt in my life because that was a very sweaty, very disgusting very brutal way for that the Rams to cough up a, a game that they, you know, the stats won't show it because of the crazy comeback quite as much, but they absolutely dominated that game. Brady was under pressure every single snap. Uh, Aaron Donald, Von Miller were all over him. Jalen Ramsey did a really good job in coverage until he didn't against Mike Evans on a deep touchdown pass. And if the Rams lose that game, I, I don't, I mean, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it would be, it would be worse a worse feeling than the way the bills feel right now. Um, I don't know. It'd be close for sure. And the thing is, here's the thing. Like I thought that the bills had won the game with 13 seconds ago. I felt 60% confident they'd won it. Maybe higher. I 27, 27. I'm like, okay, but Matthew Stafford and, and whoever called the game last week, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it's Troy Aikman. I don't think it, I don't think the Roma called the game. Whoever it was pointed out that once you win a playoff game, it takes a lot of pressure off of you. Matthew Stafford played much more loose, much looser than he has probably at any point this season, it felt like. And yeah. I think that that had a lot to do with it. I, I think the fact that the defense was playing so well early on had a lot to do with it. But again, you can't, and this wasn't Matthew Stafford's fault, but I mean, when Cooper Cup has a fumble, that's a huge development because he never makes any mistakes. Then the Cam Akers fumbles and then just sort of the silly mistakes, they got bailed out a few times. The snap over... Uh, the, to the right of of Matthew Stafford when he wasn't looking on the the, the play just before that, they would gotten down there. Um, I think it was a fumble or something. They had gotten the ball. Well, there was there was Brady got the ball back and the score. So the Bucks got the ball back and the score was oh crap I'm forgetting. Oh it was it was twenty seven three right. Yeah, it was twenty-seven thirteen. So Bond strips Tom Brady. The the uh, the Rams recovered at the twenty-five yard line with fourteen thirty-three to go in the fourth. Well, and then it, the very next play is a snap that went sideways past Stafford. But you can you can kind of lump all of it together because it feels like the Rams imploded and allowed the Buccaneers to get back in the game. Because you mentioned the Matthew Stafford touchdown that put the Rams up twenty-seven to three. So after that, you're thinking 
this game is over. There is no way. Like Brady's being so dominated. The Rams defensive line has been so dominant and Brady doesn't have any time to throw. He can't do anything. There's no way they can come back unless the Rams implode. And then on their next six possessions, they go fumble, three and out, fumble, missed field goal, three and out, fumble. You can't have three fumbles, two, three and outs and a missed field goal on six straight possessions. You're just, you were inviting the Buccaneers to get back in the game. That's exactly what happened. And then the 55 yard touchdown pass. I mean, it was just, it was one little thing where, you know, like the Cooper cup fumble, I think was the first one. You're like, yeah, it's 21 to three. It's not a big deal. Then the snap goes by Matthew Stafford after the Rams had just gotten a turnover. The breach. So you mentioned the cup fumble, the very next series that you talked about the three. Now you talked about, it took literally nine seconds off the clock. And that was the other thing. It was like, you know, if they run three plays and and run it all three times, they can run off two minutes and they didn't do that. They ran nine seconds off. What are you doing? It was a, again, it's just, you know, we go back to the the Falcon Super Bowl, and, and why you, you know, I think it is easy for coaches to say, all right, look, we've played an incredible game. We've done everything we need to do to beat Tom Brady, to take down the defending Super Bowl champions for the second time this year. Now we're going to pound the ball shorten the clock, get out of Dodge with this win. But I really felt like the Rams needed to be more aggressive there because this is what this is how Tom Brady pulls this off against teams is they try to shorten the clock. You get a couple of stops, a couple of weird bounces, and all of a sudden Tom Brady's got the ball 30 yards away from tying it up in an absolutely improbable manner. I don't know if it was from lack of aggression. The coop fumble, coop fumble was when he had the ball in the pass. They went for the three and out. Nine, there were three pass plays that they only went nine seconds. Um, the snap was just they were they were going to look like they were going to throw the ball there, but Stafford wasn't paying attention. The Cam Akers fumble is just him um, not being smart with the football, and, and on and on it goes. So I will say this: the officiating on Sunday was probably I give it an A, but I think three plays from this game I thought were noteworthy. Some funny, some. Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about the first one was Tom Brady getting his first unsportsmanlike penalty in 22 years. Um, I'm fine with him. Week, which week, was five days after he complained about the fact that they never flag him, even though they probably should. <laughs> he was dropping F-bombs in the ref's face and he was two inches away from his face. I know he got hit in the mouth. I don't care. Calm down. People get hit in the mouth all the time. And it wasn't even an illegal hit. I, I'm sorry. You're f- wear like a full, or like a linebacker face mask. If you don't want to get in the mouth, I just thought that I, was. I funny. thought people were a little too harsh on Hockley for that. It's like Tom Brady's in your face screaming f bombs. Like no, that's a layup, dude. Anyone else? And here's the thing: that that flag was probably 20 years overdue. He's gotten away with so much. Yeah. Um, the one that I, I wasn't crazy about. What do we got here, Debo? By, oh, by, the, way, the, uh, by the way, the Cooper Cup fumble was uh, at 27-6 after. I mean, definitely, you know, contributed to it, but uh, yeah, because they obviously scored. Yeah, Lenny scored the yeah the, the, end of the third quarter there. Um, the other one that uh, so Hockley says how he was asked, and there's no interpretation that after the pass has gone incomplete. Oh, this is yeah. Right, so, so on the oh, on okay, the on the penalty with Stafford, he said, "Can you?" He was uh meeting with uh, oh, uh, Greg Allman, who does a great job for the athletic down in Tampa Bay said, Greg asked, can you discuss the Tony penalty called on Tampa Bay's Tom Brady in the second quarter? It looked like he was upset and had a bloody mouth. Hockley. He got in my face in an aggressive manner and used true. abusive language. True. That's also true. No, no, not false. As for the hit, we did not think it rose to the level of roughing the passer. It's all- just amusing that Hockley is like, he used abusive language. To me on the my, yeah. I come back to this all the time. My favorite, favorite, favorite ever pool report from an official was when Mike Carey had thrown Terrell Suggs out of a game, uh, Ravens versus lions. Um, and after the game, he was asked why, and I did not make this up. I was thinking about this day chuckling. He said, uh, 
he had malice in his heart, which is one of the best all-time <laughs> saves ever. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the best officiating moment in the history of officiating is Ron Cherry with the he was given in the business. That's right. <laughs> it's right. state Maryland game, maybe. No, um, that's an NFL game that you get given in the business where he gets the old Three Stooges thing. There's definitely a college given in the business game, too. Uh, here's the other, the two other things I wanted to mention uh, quickly. The Indomitian Sioux taunting penalty was incredibly stupid. Yep. Not on Indomitian Sioux's part, the official's part. He was oh. mad because he thought Stafford had kicked him, and he just got in his face and was talking, you know, smack to, to Stafford. I don't know what he said, but I'm sure it wasn't, certainly could have been worse than what Tom Brady to Lockley to his face. You disagree? Uh, I was okay with the penalty on, on Sue. I mean, Sue and Stafford were teammates for like 10 years. And so what? He's I, allowed to, he's allowed to, Stafford's allowed to sort of. Push I didn't think Stafford kicked I, Sue was landing on Stafford. And I think Stafford was just sort of like bracing himself to avoid, you know, being crushed by the. I big, didn't have an issue with Stafford's response, but I was fine with it's football. I mean, they're not. I didn't, I didn't think Stafford kicked him though. And Sue got his, up. His, like, his foot came up in a way that wasn't natural if we're going to do the old NFL language. Okay. I, 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 it wasn't I, a penalty on Stafford. I didn't care, but it, it was, it's something like the, the sneaky stuff Tom Brady does when he slides, he tries to take people out of second base type of thing. Uh, something right. less than that. But I was like, I understand why Sue might be angry. And oh. I was fine with him yelling at him. I mean, I, I, on the taunting stuff, we all agree for the record that the taunting rule is idiotic and stupid. <laughs> Correct. Um, when we're discussing the taunting stuff, the way we're discussing it is, does it fit in the parameters of what the NFL wants to do? And here's the issue is there one, one crew is flagging Brady for screaming F-bombs to an official when he's bleeding out of his mouth and also flagging Indomitian Sue for accusing Matthew Stafford of kicking him. The next crew is not flagging Tyreek Hill for way, doing the cheetah point, the deuce. I told you, they, he was running so fast they couldn't see him. It was a I blur. Know, but but mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the Tyreek Hill is the first taunting penalty of the year this year. When he, and you know what? That was such a blatant one. It feels like it, it, it's deuce? really weird when they make a rule and then they decide to ambiguously change it without telling yeah. anyone. It, it, it's, it's like, look, if you want to put this rule in place, okay, that's fine. You want to make it more sportsmanship? You want to, you want to make an emphasis on sportsmanship? That's fine. But just call it consistently. And here's the, here's the other thing. Um, yeah, I agree with that. We all agree with that. And it is inconsistent and it's, it's maddening. And the other thing that I talked about after, as it happened, and Brinson was pro the no call because I think he, he loves Eric Weddle, but Eric Weddle straight off the basketball court jacks up Mike Evans. If the ball had been in the air four milliseconds prior, it's a penalty. That's just a stupid rule. I understand you enforce the prior play, get all that. But I mean, you, you can just hit someone in the mouth and after the play, and that's fine. Uh, in terms of you get no, the ball? No, I mean, because that would, the way you're describing it would only apply on fourth down because it's first, second, or third right. down. Yes. You're being hit with a 13 yard penalty. But also, that's a pretty big fourth nobody, down. Nobody is taking a free shot because you can't watch the football hit the ground as you're hitting them. You know, my like, point is this should should the measuring stick be the milliseconds between the ball hitting the ground and the ball being in the air? Well, are you that, tell me because if the ball's on the ground for five seconds and they take the cheap shot, are you saying that the offense should still keep the ball that just failed on fourth down, even though it's blatantly after? Well, that's the, what I'm asking. The, like, how, how what, what's there? The, has so to be either, a clear, there has to be a clear delineation, right? And the, and the only obvious delineation is is the ball on the ground or not, right? Okay, and, I didn't, and, I, it's a, yeah, it's, I didn't have well, a huge issue with that. Well, I would I would say on that, and Diva, bring that uh, the the pool report back up. So on that hit where uh, Eric Weddle, who Hadn't been in the league uh, apparently until since they changed the rules. Dominate nerds in the basketball court until recently. Right. Uh, so Weddle hits Mike Evans, and 
uh, Hockley was asked, he said, you know, can you take me through the unnecessary roughness penalty called on, uh, actually, did they actually think they called it unsportsmanlike conduct? No, no. Mm -hmm. uh, he hit him in the mouth. I think the unsportsmanlike right. conduct is like when you curse out the referee. Okay. I think it's uh, unnecessary roughness when you hit him in the face when the play's over. Hockley said, by rule, in a defenseless receiver hit like that, we treat it as a post-possession foul. It's a dead ball foul. It's enforced from the succeeding spot. Yeah, and, there's, and there's no interpretation of that after the pass is going to complete. It's post-possession no matter what. That's exactly right. And see, I agree with that in the sense of what Weddle did is definitely a foul. No, no question about it. But it did not in any way impact the attempted completion of the pass. But my pushback, I agree. I don't disagree. But if we're going to get pedantic, my pushback would be even if the ball's a mil two inches from the ground, it still is not impacting it. But in that case, it would have been a penalty, that, in which case the Buccaneers would have kept the ball. Right. That's another stupid bizarre loophole and it is i mean to breach his point it's hard to where are we going to draw the line i get it but i was like eh, it's just so close it's ticky tack and i didn't have a dog in the fight and the bucks actually needed that because they were trying to get that would have kept their drive alive they lost the ball in fourth down there obviously think about it like this the pass is incomplete right the ball hits the ground eric weddle turns sprints towards tom brady tackles him in the middle of the field I mean, he's probably getting ejected but it's also just a 15 yard penalty you can hit right. him as hard as you want to tackle him after the foul or after the play and because the play is dead as soon as the ball hits the ground because it's fourth down, that's why it's a dead ball foul. So I I I I think that I get it. It's not a big deal. I was just it was just something that I made note I, of. I was like, yeah, it's kind of annoying. I would say that the worst situation would be if the ball was millimeters above the ground and Weddle hit him. Yeah. And the Bucks got to keep possession. Because there was no way Mike Evans was going, you know, like, like the ball is like about to touch the ground. There's no way he's going to like fly down and, and grab. And I think folks would have been mad at Weddle for the hit, though, because I don't think a lot of people knew the rule. I certainly didn't that if the ball touches the ground, you can still you can pop him in the face. Because rarely does it happen on fourth down. I don't even know if I ever remember it happening on fourth down. Like, I mean, my usually, initial reaction was, oh my god, the Ram Weddle right. just gave the Bucks like first and goal. And and, and, and my initial reaction was Weddle's like. Guys, I haven't played in like five years. I didn't even know the rules changed. I thought this was legal. Why am I being flagged? Why can't I just hit people? I just I, want to be here to hit people. He's like, Brandon Merriweather did it last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon Merriweather. <laughs> I'm going to fire at somebody. So can I give you my um, Wilson fun fact of the day from this game? Oh, I love fun facts. So, yes. So I was thinking about this. I, I mean, obviously, the it was a sloppy game. And, Brenton, you, you noted that the sloppiness almost cost the Rams and their their pants probably got a little tight as the, the game wore on. But in the end, the two back-to-back -back passes, the Cooper Cup, the one that beat Antoine Winfield when, you know, unfairly in one-on-one -on -one coverage to set up the, the – um, so when they when Cooper Cup caught that pass, there was 21 seconds left on the clock. Matthew Stafford sprinted downfield, got everyone organized, make sure everyone was – there was no illegal formations, and snapped the ball with five seconds to go. If you do the math – that's 16 seconds. Hey, Mike McCarthy, you can't run a draw in the middle of a field with 14 seconds and expect everyone to sprint up there. I mean, if you watch the replay, there's a, a Buccaneers defender that runs through the line and trips right before they snap the ball because he's oh, trying to get... Tina is like, ah! <laughs> like all an ass down the... But this was they had 21 seconds, and they just had five seconds left to go, three or four seconds left to go when they finally snapped the ball. And my point is, I don't know what practice session Mike McCarthy was doing where he thought he was going to get that off routinely in 14 seconds. Well, if you listen to the Brady Quinn football show from this past week, uh, Brady Brady told us that when he was with the Seahawks, they did a study that said you needed 16 seconds on the clock to guarantee 
being able to run a play and everyone sprints up there. Anything less, and you are gambling with the possibility of not being able to get a, another play. All right, very quickly. Uh, Bruce, okay, but also, and, and by the way, on that play, uh, Bruce Arians talked about they, they sent six. I believe uh, we have Arians audio, I think. Nope. Oh, okay. We don't have Arians audio. All right, go ahead. Brent, you were over two with the audio. I was going to say, <laughs> Sean McVay got bailed <laughs> out by the Buccaneers' dumb defensive call because if they don't do it and Stafford doesn't – all anybody is talking about is the QB draw that the Rams – like, what were they doing? Why are you calling one? It looked like they were playing for half to, or to go to overtime. And then McVay's like, you know what? Eh, we got 40 seconds. Let's go ahead and uh, – you know, try to win this in regulation. Like it, it was a call that made no sense, but obviously they had 42 seconds left when they called it and not 14. So the Cowboys still won the bonehead of the year award, but that was not a great call. Yeah. And this, uh, that's from the guy who never bashes McVay. My audio, my audio throw twos are worse than the Packers special teams. All right, let's go to Jared, oh! let's go to Jared Goff. First round pick of the Rams. See what he has to say about the game. Nothing. <laughs> That's me making fun of you, Brinson. I know. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, but, all right. We're going to get to Tom Brady's future, and then we'll talk about these championship games in a second. But before we do that, do you would you like to issue a formal apology for your criticism of Matthew Stafford? Yeah, I got to apologize to Matthew Stafford. I also have to apologize to, to Jimmy Garoppolo there. <laughs> the and? NFC Championship game. And by uh, extension, Robert Brinson. The happiest day of my oh, life. Oh, man. Someone, I can't remember who in the comments and the YouTube made the point that I think week eight, the 49ers are three and five. Well, you know, what's funny about that is because that's right around when we had our Super Bowl draft where we each picked four teams. And since everything's coming up, Brenton, I'm sure you guys want to know the results many, of that. How many teams are left in the oh, NFL playoffs? All C four, four teams. All C rat who had the, the best votes when Brenton put the group up for a poll all his teams are out. Ryan oh, it Wilson. is? Wow. Ryan Wilson, all your teams are out. Dang it. Oh. I am down to my fourth round pick. I had the second to last pick in the, the draft. Bengals the Cincinnati I should have all four teams. I was going to spite you with the Bengals pick, and I didn't do it. And Brinson has three of the four remaining, and we said if you get both teams in, then you win double the money. Oh, yeah. It is crazy that how this fluctuated from midseason uh, until just before the playoffs until right now. Because there was a point where, obviously, C-Rat, for the longest time, was a front-runner. Uh, Wilson had a little... Um, yeah, should have gone Bengals. This would be over right now. It'd be guaranteed double. Well, here's the thing. I need the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just> doing... <laughs> um, I've got a uh, Bengals-Niners Super... I've got Niners... I, I want the Niners over the Bengals in the Super Bowl. That's what I want. That's a very profitable situation for me. Nobody um, in wants that, though. What's that? Said so nobody in Cincinnati wants that, Brinson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, Wilson, you're out 33 bucks. Sorry, man. I know. I know. Here's what we're going to do. Right now, we're going to give away two Paramount Plus winners Ooh, in the chat. Right. And if you keep smashing the like button, maybe we can convince Debo. Smash the like button right now. $200 gift cards. We're going to give away Paramount Plus gift cards. You basically get a streaming service for free for an entire year plus. So smash the like button. If we can keep cranking it up, maybe we talk deep into giving another one away, or we'll give away some Brinton sucks hats. We'll see. Smash it. We'll give away. Um, here are the two winners. Drum rolls, please. Is that drum roll? At Melgrow sixty six. All right, congratulations. You did it. And at Mark Diego. Ooh, it's like San Mark. Diego except Mark. That's right. Where in the world gift is? Cards. Mark Diego. Um, Watching Paramount Plus, apparently. 
the uh, Debo will. Uh, I Debo. I will DM you. Debo will we'll, give you his Paramount Plus login. That's how this works. Yes, Eric E R I C. Do we just get Debo's login? Um, are we doing a, a, a? You know what? I probably should look at the rundown before I ask. This we do you. have Tom Brady sound if we want to talk about his future, just to not for any confusion, Brinson. No, 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 no. I I know I know that we have that, and it's a little bit lengthy of a clip. I have to use the oh, the men's room. It's thirty six seconds. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna, I'm not Ryan Wilson. I can't go that fast. So I can eat my bar. So you guys, I'm going to throw to this audio, and Wilson, you're going to bring us out talking about Tom Brady's future, and I'll be right back. I know a lot of people are wondering how you will contemplate whether you'll come back or not. I haven't put a lot of thought to it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see, kind of see where we're at. Did you at least take a moment as you came off the field or, or at any time today to to think about that? To think that this this might be last time I'm out here? No, I was thinking about winning. That's kind of my mentality always to go out there and try to win. Give my team the best chance to win. To be, What's the uh, biggest factor for you, Tom? What would be the biggest factor for you in making that decision going forward? I'm tr- truthfully, guys, I'm thinking about this game and I'm not thinking about anything. Pass. So, Breach, a better chance Tom Brady returns to Tampa Bay or Aaron Rodgers is on another team next year? Number two, Tom Brady, I think will return to Tampa. I think he'll play one more season. I, I feel think like he will too. I don't know where this came. I mean, I know there's a report. I'm not sure who reported it. Well, JLC had that the, there had been some chatter in the organization that it might happen. And then there yeah. was another report this morning on Sunday morning. But it feels like if he was going to retire, his family would have known and it would have been more emotional. You know, like Giselle was at the game, obviously sitting in a box, but there just would have been more, uh, pop and circumstance because his family would know you know like, i but it, it, i haven't watched the most recent Brady documentary but i watched the previous one on facebook and it felt like four years ago whenever that was that it felt like he was contemplating retirement and then he sort of talked giselle into it so maybe she's over the celebrating part of it you know what i'm saying yeah i mean no i'm saying she wouldn't celebrate the fact that there'd be emotions she'd be like tearing up and out of joy because she finally got him to retire or out of sadness because he's finally retiring, whatever it is. And so it just, I just feel like Brady's coming back for at least one more year. And he said he spent the past six months saying, I'm going to play out the, my contract and he's got next year. And he's been what? saying, he's been saying for the past three years, they want to play till he's 45. The next season is his 45th year season when he will be 45. So I just, so Brenton, let me ask you what I asked breach more right. likely Tom Brady returns to Tampa Bay next year or Aaron Rodgers is on another team. I think that it's more likely Tom Brady returns, but those are, that's a very good question. That's what Breach said. Too. I think I think both. I mean, if a if you could parlay both of those at like plus one fifty, I would consider doing that. I don't even know what the wins over Wilson would be on that. Which, I mean, any team for Rod, or it, it, Roger Aaron Rodgers not on the Packers. What is Aaron Rodgers' line? What is Aaron Rodgers? Uh, what's the odds for Aaron Rodgers on the Packers? I would say Aaron Rodgers is like I would say both of these outcomes are like minus three minus two hundred. Oh, so minus two hundred to return to Green Bay. Yes, and is Brady he, minus two hundred to come back to Tampa Bay. Is he better odds to go somewhere else? Like, uh, well, I, I say not on the Packers because I also want to include the possibility that Rodgers is just like f this. I'm out. Nah, I don't know if he does that. I don't even know, like, I mean, but I don't. I don't want to. I wouldn't want to lose the bet because Rodgers retires and isn't on another football team. I think Tom Brady comes back too. I just think he hates losing too much. And honestly, he led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. This what year. else what is he going to do? 
What else is he going to do? And I, this is weird too, this tweet. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, we have given away already two $100 gift cards to Paramount Plus. We're going to try and talk Devo into giving away a third $100 gift card. If you smash the like button, we will we can maybe crank the numbers up and, and, and get us there. So hit the like, smash the like button, make sure and uh, you know subscribe and uh, hit on alerts. We go live after primetime games, emergency podcast key for the coaching season as well. T- at TV 12 sports, which is, n- is not Tom Brady. Now it's his, it's his personal lifestyle brand. I guess you would call it tweeted after the game. You win or you learn. There are no failures, only lessons. When you fall, you need to pick yourself up with greater enthusiasm than you went down. Now we look back on an incredible season, learn our lessons, and get up because even greater things are coming. Can I ask Hashtag a question? Keep going. Can I ask a question? Uh, he says, when you fall, you need to pick yourself up with greater enthusiasm. You went down. Uh, there are no failures, only lessons. Uh, what is the lesson? What lesson did the Bills learn then? Because I feel like they, they uh, I failed. You, I thought you were going to ask, like, well, then, hey, Tom, why'd you start complaining when you got a busted lip after you fell? <laughs> I just feel like th- there are failures. Like, I mean, the, I think the Bills were considered the final 13 seconds a failure. And I mean, there's a lesson in there. I get it. But I think the bigger takeaway is whatever this, you know, sort of. And this is like, I mean, look, this is a, a motivational thing that. Right. It, it, it's, it's not insane. It's like, you know, if you if you if you just get down on your mistakes, you know, it, and we're not. If you, Here's like, the thing. Learn from, it, your, learn from your mistakes. It's, key. it's something you read in a book and you think, oh, it, this is, feels like the right time. If you stand up in the middle of the locker room and say this after the loss, you get hit with a bunch of shoes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, this is just something that Tom Brady's brand has to say at any yeah. rate. Um, I didn't hear, you know, Tom Brady was less adamant about his future when he was actually talking. And of course, during pregame shows on Sunday, this, you know, it was like a reverse Roethlisberger, right? It hadn't, hadn't happened leading up to the game all week. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, Tom Brady might walk away. And the, you know, Collinsworth and Al Michaels talked about it during the game. So I, I, I mean, and that was Tom Ryan. Jason Lockenport also had a story on Saturday. I don't, I, I don't see how he walks away. Well, if he does, the old NFC South is wide open again. Unless Aaron Rodgers goes to Tampa Bay. Bruce Arian said emphatically after this game that he is coming back. Yeah, I actually appreciate the way he said that because sometimes you might say if they'll have me, he's like, no, no, I'm coming back. Yeah, I mean, he I dare, was- I dare them to fire me, which is the way I read it. They're I mean, not going to fire him, but I was just. Thought it was funny. I, I guess. I guess my thing is like Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He was played incredibly well this year. The Bucks had a really bad injury run down the stretch of the regular season, and then in the playoffs, and the Rams are just sort of a bad matchup for Tampa Bay. And they like if the Cowboys beat the Niners, I think we're looking at Green Bay, Tampa Bay in the conference championship next week. But again, yeah. we talked about this on but Saturday. They called a quarterback draw, yeah. so they didn't. That's right. why <laughs> exactly. I, well, I'll say that the interesting thing about Brady is there's never been speculation about him retiring. He he is cut and dry about it, and that's what makes this interesting. Because 2019, his last season with the Patriots, he threw that pick six. There was all these questions about whether he'd return to New England, but everybody knew he was still playing. Would right. he be, be would he be with the Patriots or would he be with someone else? There was no question about him retiring after the Super Bowl last year. After they won, Tracy Wolfson literally put him on the spot and said, hey, you coming back next year? And he said, I'm coming back. You better believe it. So after the game, he confirmed he was coming back. And so this year, eh, you know, he he's vague. And so I think that does add this mystery element that maybe he's seriously contemplating retirement. 
the quote was to that he said to NBC was like, in a perfect world, I'd like to go out with the Super Bowl. It, it and he was like, he's like, it doesn't look like it's gonna be this year or something, which is true. He's true about that. He was accurate. Yeah, he predicted the future. And I mean, he he oh my god, I didn't realize. Do you know how many times Tom Brady threw the ball this year? A thousand. That's a ton. It's, Two thousand. It's, it's actually kind of close to a thousand. Seven hundred nineteen. Seventeen game season, of course. He completed sixty-seven point five percent of his passes, five thousand one hundred sixteen passing yards, forty-three touchdowns, and and uh, twelve interceptions. And here's uh, Brady's exact quote to NBC. He said, "Quote: Winning this on on what would be the perfect ending to his career." He said, "Quote: Winning the Super Bowl, but I don't know that that's this year. I'd love to end on a Super Bowl, but I think I'll know when I know. But there's a lot that's inconclusive." End quote. Like, yeah. what does that even mean? None of I don't even know what that means. The comment is inconclusive. So a lot of jumble. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he, he talks it's like in Brenton talking after a three night bender. Or yes. Benson or Benson trying to get the uh call up the uh the video to watch. <laughs> do, we have, uh, do, we have, do we have audio of Tom Brady saying that? <laughs> uh, no, he said in a production meeting. The I don't know. I was just I was just I was surprised at how quickly these rumors because with Ben, you know, the way that it like it's perfectly Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like he makes a big deal out of it all week. I, you know, it's, it's a thing. Everybody has to know, but it's not, it's unsaid. Tom Brady, I, I would be shocked if he didn't play next year. Like 9.9 out of 10 shocked, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I think he plays. I don't know what else he's going to do. I mean, they he's handsome. A, they have a loaded offensive line. Oh boy. What about this? If Tom, you're not, what, about, what, an, what an a-hole Antonio so Brown. Here's the thing. If you're listening uh, Debo just put up the, the tweet Antonio Brown sent out shortly after the, the Buccaneers lost. And uh, it's a sign of Antonio Brown leaving the Jets, uh, the Jets game for the last time with no shirt on. And he has had someone Photoshop a sign that says Bucks eliminated, um, which is a, one way to try to get back into the league, I suppose. Others might say you're just being a, a butthole. Yeah, you're, I mean, I, who in the right mind is, I mean, that's how talented Antonio Brown is. Right. He exactly. keeps signing this guy and he keeps, remember, I mean, he, he filmed, he, he posted the video of when he like bounced from the Raiders and like, I mean, it's insane. Um, That was, it's a weird betrayal too of Tom Brady from Antonio Brown. You know, the only, I, I'm just trying to think of like what might make Tom Brady not want to play football. They there's, there's buzz that Sean Payton might take a one-year sabbatical from the NFL and go work in the media. If Sean Payton leaves the Saints in their current situation, the Saints are not a good football team. They won't win nine games. They will win like five games. The Panthers are terrible. The well, Falcons, I mean, what if Brian Flores coaches that team? With Jameis Winston as his quarterback? Five I think, wins. You, need, I think you need an offensive guru to, to make it work. My, my point is that Tom Brady has basically a free pass to a top. It, it's it's the AFC East all over again. You have a free pass to a top four seed. If you come back to the Bucks, you have this great offensive line. You have, you know, Chris Godwin should be back in time for the regular season. I would think you have Evans. You assume Gronk wants to play one more year. And then defensively, they're, you know, they're a top half of the league defense at worst. Meanwhile, Debo's dropping AB rap lyrics in the chat. <laughs> Not the palace. He's got some great lyrics. You know, what's depressing is that Debo, Debo asked, knows Debo knows AB rap lyrics. That is pretty yeah, depressing. That is depressing. Or the, I listen to AB rap songs before I go to bed. <laughs> uh, that. Everyone, Debo asked everyone in the chat to write 
like random player names. Yeah. And it's like, man, these, I don't know. They're not a lot of great names. Yeah. But they don't feel, they feel, they don't feel like insanely random only because I'm old. Like Ron Dane won the Heisman, right? Jeff not Leary. In, not Peyton in the NFL, Hill, he didn't. Peyton, no one's ever won the Heisman in the NFL. Um, Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden. Toby Gerhardt's a great one. Oh, boy. Let's not I remember talk, Toby. Let's not talk about Toby. I have a bad, bold. Never, never. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. I like predicted Toby Gerhardt would run for 1,000 yards before the season. That sounds uh, about right. I, Priest Holmes, not a random player. Priest Holmes is a You know what's crazy how these all these divisional games boiled down like if you would have told a Buccaneers fan that the Rams were going to lose four fumbles in the game they would have thought the Tampa Bay wins by like three touchdowns right yeah absolutely four fumbles yeah yeah Tom Brady played so poorly in the first half and again a part of that was the offensive line but he was missing receivers that he usually connects with and he didn't have anyone to throw to I'm not making excuses for him he just didn't look like himself and it felt sort of early on, even before the score got out of hand in the first half, that this might be a long day for the Buccaneers. Um, but then again, you always felt like uh, they were, they were, you know, oh, but I know what I saw what I mentioned. So it was 24 to 13 or 24 to three. Mm-hmm. And they get down there, the Buccaneers do, and it's fourth down and and I have to find these specifics, but they 27 to three. 27 three. Oh, Arians kicked the field goal. Right, he was twenty-four to three, and he kicked the field goal. Uh, no, twenty-seven three, and he kicked the field goal. Right to make it twenty-seven uh, six. Yeah, people, so, people killed him for it. Well, it, you went from twenty-four point game to twenty-one point game, and you're just wasting possessions. That's See, I, I, I was fine with it, and this is this goes back to Belichick does this all the time. Because you need twenty-four points to tie. Yes, it's a three-point game or three-score game, but it's essentially a four-score game because Ryan, you did your coin flip thing. How yeah. you know getting heads two times the probability of three two point conversions is very low. Is like ten percent, right? Well, right. How so often to, do you so to insulate yourself from that, you kick a field goal so it doesn't. It takes the two point conversions out of the equation. And to for full completeness, it was third and eleven from from about the eleven. So third and goal from the eleven or whatever. Fourth, fourth, fourth and eleven, but yeah, third and eleven to set up the the fourth down. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I was fine with him. I yeah. mean, like I understand the controversy. But if you don't think your team's gonna hit, I mean, Brady was getting killed. There's no way you think your team can get three two point conversions. I'm you know, just, it, it, it's a safer thing to do. It's, I mean, safer, but I don't know. I, I mean, what's the difference? I mean, I, I mean, they the came difference. back and tied it, and so it worked. This I happened get, earlier in the year. Belichick did this, and I think the Pats came back and tied it. It was like, uh, this feels. Like, I remember tweeting this. It was like, this feels like a classic. Belichick kicks this. Everyone questions it, and all of a sudden the game's tied. You know, thirty minutes later, and, and that's exactly what happened here. I, look, the coaches, the decision making in this divisional round uh, did not live up to the the. the and Arians the is notoriously conservative too, so it's not a surprise. But you know, I would like There's, to be a little more progressive. So, all right, uh, throw that graphic back up of the the final plays there, uh, Devo. I'm gonna ask a question before we go to break. Which, ultimately, which outcome of these games? So we have Bengals over Titans, and I don't mean like. You know, what's your thought process before the game? I mean, because there are ups and downs in all of these. Which which game over this weekend produced the most in the most insane outcome based on what we were seeing as we were watching it? Because I think you can make a case for all four, honestly. Uh I thought the most surprising win was the 49ers, just because they look so their offense looked so bad the whole game. They didn't score an offensive point. 
and they blocked a punt. They blocked. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. They blocked a punt to win the game. And you know, like that doesn't mean the Chiefs Bills game was hands down from beginning to end the best overall game. But if we're just talking about like the most surprising result, I thought it was 49ers or Packers. I wonder what the like for me. These are pretty much all even. I wonder what the win probability was for each of these teams as the opponent had the ball for their very last play. Like the last time the Titans had the ball before dumb dumb through the interception, or before the punt was blocked, or before uh, Cooper Cup started the two plays he made and obviously before the 13 seconds, like what's the win, the win probability must be like 85% or higher for, uh, I would say 90. I would say that like the Titans Packers, I guess the Bucks probably didn't have a 90% win percentage because the, the lowest, the the Rams got were 56 because they had the ball with, with some time left. Um, yeah. So I guess, I mean, each of these games were so odd in their own individual way. We talked about the Rams losing four fumbles and still winning. That's the first team to win the playoffs with four fumbles since 1975. The Steelers, Ryan, you probably knew that because it's your team. But like, if you told a Packers, oh, I wasn't listening. So if if you told a Packers fan, hey, look, you're going to hold the 49ers offense to two field goals, how bad do you think they would think the Packers won? Like 37 to six, and you lose 13 to 10. And, you know, what was the Titans' game plan? If we can get after Joe Burrow, we're going to win. You sacked him nine times. And if you told a Titans fan before the game that they were going to sack Joe Burrow nine times, set a playoff record, they would probably think that Joe Burrow left an ambulance and the Titans won by three touchdowns. So it was just, it was weird that a lot of these games. Or, or, or told the Bills that they're up three with 13 seconds to 13 go. 13 seconds like, yeah, left. Cool. That's, that's great, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. Everywhere. Yeah, I'm booking my tickets to I'm buying uh, the, the AFC title game tickets. It's yeah, just exactly. it's ridiculous how all four of these games just broke down in it just all had these insane endings. All right, smash that like button. We're trying to give away another hundred dollar Paramount Plus gift card. We've already given away two. We're gonna take a break. We'll see if we'll give another one away. If we hit a certain number of likes, Debo's feeling frisky. He might even give away some hats as well. So smash that like button now. We'll take a quick break and we come back. We'll look at the conference championship games. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, there's a decent chance that the... um Conference championship games featuring the 49ers at the Rams. There's a ticketing controversy already in this game. It was happening before the Rams even won. Uh, is like that's probably and so it's, it's, it's 49ers at Rams and Bengals at Chiefs. The spreads for these games, of course, they were up before really even the other games, uh, you know, ended because they 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 give out these uh, these lines. The Chiefs. And this is the early game, three of five. Uh, tell me, oh, oh yeah, yes, because you haven't looked. I what's uh, the early game? Is Chiefs hosting the the Chiefs Bengals? Hosting the Bengals on CBS. 
And shout out to the NFL for scheduling, I guess accidentally, but shout out for doing it anyway. The game in the is Cincinnati uh, is Kansas City in Eastern Time Zone. It is right Central. Ah, but the game in the, it's the Central Time Zone as the early game and the game in the because you don't want to be in Kansas City on Sunday night. That would be cold as hell. So uh, good for the NFL for working. And also, it's just random because they flip every year. Right. CBS gets the early game one year and the late game the next year. So it just dumb. Chiefs walks. minus three and a half wins over Wilson. I you know what? News for you. Well, hold on. I uh, brought this up on the podcast after the Bengals won. You guys asked me what I thought the point spread would be before the Chiefs and Bills played, and I predicted five and a half, and I'll stick with that. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I've been uh, minus the schedule seven. and get on the podcast. Minus yeah, seven. That's a lot. Seven. Bengals that's first seven. AFC Championship game since 1988, when a young John Breach was running around his house in Zubaz pants. Yep, love those Zubas. Just like now. He's wearing the same pants right now, as a matter of fact. I'm not wearing pants right now, Wilson. We both know that. Minus Four, seven. I haven't won since the Bengals won. That's, that's believable. It's surprising yeah. how sober you are right now. <laughs> Chiefs' fourth straight AFC Championship game appearance. Crazy. And, and, that, and as people remember, the Bengals beat the Chiefs in Week 17, 34-31. I remember. Game, game-winning field goal which probably should have served as a lesson to the Buffalo Bills that you need to run 13 more seconds off the clock. Mm. All right. Niners. And, 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 well, yeah, we'll dive into this real quick, and then we'll, then we'll talk about the line for the other one. Um, I mean, Breach, you said on, on the podcast, on our Bold Predictions podcast, we'll re- revisit that next week or this coming week, of course. You said that you would have been happy just getting to the divisional round. Just got invited to the dance. That's all you wanted. Just, just to have some girl ask you to the prom. You didn't want to hold her hand or anything. This is a team you have beaten in the like this month. Right? Yes. Yes. January 2nd. January 2nd. It, it are you okay with just being happy you made it to the conference championship game? Or are you going to allow your hopes to get built up to the point that Patrick Mahomes rips your soul out? I have the same feeling that I do going in the divisional round. If they lose, it's going to be super sad because they got this far, obviously. But it's again, they are playing with house money. This is they were not expected to get this far. I want them to get the Super Bowl. I hope they get to the Super Bowl. But if they lose, it's a still a super successful season. And that's how I'm going to view it. So. Uh, this isn't like last week, though, where everybody's saying you didn't really want the Titans to win, but I didn't want the Titans to win. I said it would be okay if they won. You know, I, this is a 100% to 0%. I prefer the Bengals win. That's it. Um, hey, Bridget, one thing I, some good, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the one thing that blows I prefer my, the Bengals to win. <laughs> it's, the one thing that blows my mind about this point spread is that, you know, the Bengals won a shootout with the Chiefs. It was 34 to 31. I predicted the exact score that week. So, uh, yeah. I probably already know who's going to win this game, but the Bengals have the offensive firepower to stick with the chiefs in a shootout. So, you know, seven points is surprising because the Bengals won earlier this month, like, you know, it was three weeks ago. And then the other part is uh, over the past 12 years, the team that plays on Saturday and got the extra day arrest is 16 and eight in the conference title game. So straight the up, straight up, not against the straight players. up, straight up, straight up, straight up. Yeah. That's even better than against the spread. Um, and so that's interesting because the Chiefs just played the most physical game possible. They went to overtime and the Bengals played the first game on Saturday. They've been doing nothing for the past 24 hours except waiting to figure out where they're going to fly or they're playing to either Buffalo or Kansas City. And so little things like that, I think, add up. And I I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to win this game by seven. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I said three and a half to start. Um, and 
as you pointed out, they they beat them previously. So Stephen Elgar got Sportsline just put out his updated simulation uh, for the the remainder remaining playoff games. The chance the Bengals win the division, a hundred percent breach. Congratulations, you guys did. <laughs> but so here, this is interesting. The chance they they beat the the uh, the Chiefs, thirty two percent. That feels high to me. On the right. road, two out of three, one out of three game. You play them three times. You beat them once on the in Kansas City in, in the playoff atmosphere. That feels. That doesn't feel terrible. Andy Reid is one and two against the Bengals as the Chiefs coach. This I would say that. I would say that if this line were Chiefs minus six, I would love the Bengals. But because it's seven, it it, it is a little spooky. And Mahomes is playing great. But it's early. It's the beginning of the week, though. Yeah, but I mean, you move off a of seven, and like the books don't want to move the, the sports books don't want to set it at seven, and then start going six and a half, seven and a half, six, because you give people an opportunity. Like sharp betters who are putting down big money, an opportunity to get six and a half and seven and a half, and that is a dream scenario. If you if you're trying to hammer, you know, if you're trying to double, you're trying to middle this game and get seven. Mm. That's 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 what you want. So, it being seven is a little weird. The total has creeped up uh, from fifty three and a half to fifty four. I would have a hard time taking the. I guess again, it probably depends on the health of two units. Right, one. The Bengals defensive line, and then two the secondary. Like Ty- Tyron Mathieu is it has to come out of concussion protocol, and he was out very quickly in that game early. Now, I mean, he, he hadn't had like an you know, elite All Pro season or anything like that, but that's a big that's a big player. When you're playing a quarterback who threw for 446 yards on your team last time, that that would be a huge loss. Yeah. The other thing is the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs defense in general is as we saw is, you know, capable of coughing up some points. I mean, they gave up 34 to the Bengals in week 17. They gave up what a 36 to the bills on Sunday night. It's, it's entirely possible that even if the chiefs are winning by 14 or 13 or 10 or whatever it is that Joe Burrow with those weapons on offense storms through the back door. I also think a lot of people will be on the chiefs having watched Sunday night's divisional round matchup and seeing how the Bengals didn't exactly light the world on fire with their offense and think that uh, they, and, and people are going to be, people are going to be against the Bengals basically because of, because of how the divisional round weekend played out. So what's your early pick? I would go Bengals at plus seven. Oh God. Are you guys all going Bengals now? I can't go. I think the Bengals outright. What are you talking Seven's about? a lot. Seven, seven is a lot for a championship game. And, I'll see. I'll oh, and, and the other the other argument for the Bengals, Joe freaking Burrow. I yeah, mean, I doesn't lose these games. I would just push back. I love Joe Burrow, but I mean, is he uh, is he better than Josh Allen? No, but I think right now it would be my top four of if I'm starting a franchise is Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. Disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers, but okay. And Russell. And the, Chief, the Chiefs have won their last two AFC title games by double digits over the Bills and over the Titans. Mm. Mm. And they were by the way, just a quick update that no one cares about, but I think it's hilarious. Brinson is now one game behind Pete Prisco and against the spread for the season. What? Love to see it. I, I was one game behind him going, coming into the day with three games left. He had, he had Bills and Rams too. Oh, you split. Right. You're right. Yep. No, no, we didn't. I made up no ground with him. Right. Three games left. Right. He'll, um, Huh? Will he be on the Bengals? Yes, he'll be on the Bengals. Mm. He needs Joe Burrow to win that Super Bowl. 
That's yeah, right. he's he's on the Bengals bandwagon. He's yeah. driving the bandwagon. I, I mean, I think seven's. I, I'm taking plus. I'm taking seven points, and I'm getting Joe Burrow. That's just that's a lot of points. All right, what else we got? Okay, second game. Let's see. Let me guess this one. So, Rams the, at 49. I mean, 49ers at Rams. The Rams have never beaten the 49ers in the in NFL history, if I recall correctly. <laughs> or at least they, they've struggled under Sean McVay. That's what it feels like. First Kyle Shanahan. So Shanahan six and zero against Sean McVay. God Almighty! Oh, no, no, no. Uh, sorry. Forty Nineers are six and zero versus the Rams since the start of 2019 season, despite right. being an underdog in five of the six of those games. I'm going to say Rams minus two and a half. Breach. Breach. Well, I know it because it's on the screen now. Oh, I didn't even see it. Oh, it's <laughs> I, I was going to guess three, and the I answer just, is three and a half. That's yeah. that feels like a sucker bet. The uh, 49ers plus three and a half is minus 120. Uh, Tim uh, Kemal of the uh, the Athletic tweeted out something about uh, he's like maybe the 49ers open us on and like this is what happens in you know now that gambling is like a thing with the NFL where it's you know, it's legal and everybody's talking about it even traditional reporters. Uh, Tim tweeted out you know, maybe the 49ers are dogs to open. But he's like, I'd be shocked if they didn't close as the favorite and just got pelted by quote tweets from gambling Twitter, which is at hellscape uh, and ended up blocking everybody. The point being is the Rams are going to be favored here. They're, they're at home. They're trying to keep uh, 49ers fans from buying tickets by only allowing people to purchase tickets on Ticketmaster If you're in the Metro Los Angeles area, that's a, uh, that's all feels like a, some kind of violation. Well, that's a lot of like now the uh, the Broncos did that in the AFC title game in 2015 playing the Patriots. They only sold it to people in the Rocky Mountain region. Yeah, so that's been dumb. Um, I mean, why? Well, why the last there... game, the last time these two teams played in LA, the the Rams had to use the silent count because there were so many 49ers right. fans, and they don't want to get you know Stan Kroenke does not want to watch his team get embarrassed because there's 80 percent 49ers fans making Matthew Stafford work on the silent count. Why is it in- insane to think that the 49ers? might close this point spread given that they're not going to open it would it would require like matthew stafford getting COVID or something i'm just talking about based on the way this season's gone so far in their history between shanahan and and mcveigh there if if the 49ers were going to close as favorites they would just open as favorites yeah that's what i'm asking why 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 is this point spread not closer I feel like the the game will be closer than the point spread based on the way the season has my initial leaning is to take the niners because kyle shanahan owns sean mcveigh but Matthew Stafford, Matthew, the Rams, the 49ers secondary is really bad. The Rams had them down 17 nothing at half in that game in the regular season and just kind of choked it away. Yeah, they haven't, um, they haven't been, they lost, which is the only loss in Sean McVay's career where the Rams were winning at halftime. That's right. And they lost. So I think he's 46. He almost added to that list on Sunday, by the way. He did almost add to that list. So it really, I think your pick in this game depends on which game you think was more indicative of how these two teams are. Because the first game, the Rams jumped out to a 17-0 lead. Uh, The second game, the one you just talked about. And the first game, the 49ers jumped out to a 14-0 lead because Matthew Stafford threw a pick six. Mm. uh, And things quickly unraveled from there. So let me ask you guys this. Who do you... Just on that first game, the... um, the Niners were three and that was when they were three and five Rams were seven and two and the Niners were just a way more desperate team and they came out playing like it. Who Sorry. do you trust more? That's a great Matthew question. Stafford uh, and Sean McVay and, and the potential for turnovers that they 
seem to not be able to get away from, or the running game, Kyle Shanahan and a Jimmy G, we don't know who's going to show up. I, I think the concern here, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> Cause the running game is going to be the difference. The running game and the, and the play calls, obviously the defense is another conversation, but Jimmy G versus Matthew Stafford. I mean, even I can recognize it. That, that's a no brainer. Jimmy G just drives me crazy with the inconsistencies. Uh, the I, I running game the, is a great equalizer. I think the difference here is so against the, against the Packers, the 49ers offensive line was not very good. If they play like that against Aaron Donald and Von Miller, the Rams should win this game. I think Trent Williams left on crutches. Is that what the report was after the game? Trent Williams is out. It'd give me the Rams. I mean, that's he is out. If if for some reason oh, he oh, is not yeah. playing, that's that's a that's a problem. Um, I mean, they used him in motion multiple times. Ridiculous. Uh, you know, I think the. Ugh. I mean, gosh, Shanahan owns McVay. It's crazy. But in that second matchup, in that second matchup where. The Rams were already in the playoffs, but trying to win the division. And the 49ers were out of the playoffs if they don't win the game. The, I mean, the Niners were down 17 nothing and came back. The other thing is, uh, and shout out Barry Horse, my boy, um, for pointing this out. But I believe now the 49ers will be home, I mean, road underdogs in uh, at is it four or five straight games? Like that's a crazy run. It's not like the Bucks where last year where they were, you know, on the road with COVID stuff and and not big crowds, and they were favored in some games. Guess what Jimmy G is as a playoff underdog, and as a road player, it's incredible. What is it? Four and zero. That's ridiculous. So this will be this will be the fourth straight game that they are on the road without you know a, a buy as an underdog. That's it's tough. That yeah. is tough. And you look at these two meetings. One other thing they have in common. You look at Matthew Stafford's numbers here on the screen. Four touchdowns, four interceptions. He had two interceptions in both games. So, like, they put a lot of pressure on him. He got sacked, I think, five times in that second meeting where the Fort Anders came back from 17 nothing. So, you know, it might be a little bit in his head. Look, I'm playing this team that has crushed me twice this season. Uh, we might see Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford out there. All right, so people keep saying that. I mean, what if Matthew Stafford's just really good in the playoffs and the thing that was holding him back was the Detroit Lions? He's played I mean, really well the last two games. But he's no. bad against the 49ers. And he played not great during the course of the season when he wasn't wearing a Lions helmet. I, mean, I think that playoff win is probably taking something, whether he would admit it or not, taking, taking the piano, piano office back or monkey off shoulder, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, of course, for sure. And he, is, he has certainly played better the last two weeks. But to Breach's point, Sometimes that thing can unravel pretty quickly. Like you, you have the the crazy pass, and then you're like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And then before you can catch your breath, he's done. He's done it again. Uh, I would say this: I don't. I, I don't. I think the Rams can blow out the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers can blow out the Rams. No, I, I agree with that because you know, as we just saw on Saturday against a defense that's not been very good this year, and the Packers, they were harassing Jimmy G all night. Um, they were. So, I mean, if it weren't for Joe Burrow, he would. It felt like he got sacked more than anyone else. So yeah, I think that's right. So I think you have to again lean on the running game, and lean on your defense, and hope. Keep your fingers crossed that Trent Williams is healthy. And, and I say that, you know, I say the, the Rams can blow out the 49ers. I mean, they were up seventeen nothing, and the, the Niners came back. Of course. And also worth noting, like for as much as we love Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in that defense, that defense is tiny in terms of like up front. You can push them around, 
And that's how you get the running game. Yep. And that could be also sort of the, the difference. Oh, breaking news in my headset. Oh, boy. We have been authorized to give away a third hundred dollar Paramount Plus gift card. Dang. Somehow this podcast is also That's $300. That's $300. Brinson definitely just picks and chooses what he hears in that headset of his for <laughs> sure. Debo, to be fair, the ear, the uh, hair plugs are, are stuffed into one of the headsets. I got this from a yard sale outside of Gillette. Stadium. It's the Jason Garrett headset. It's not even plugged in. It doesn't yeah. even work. Uh, all right. So smash the like button so we can give away a third $100 Paramount Plus gift card on this, the final non-conference championship week of the year. Debo's all over the place tonight, Debo. What's going he put, on? He said, announce the winner, and then we can all go out about our business. Oh, I, I read what he wrote wrong. That's, yeah, that's, about, me. Uh, that's uh, all uh, me. Uh, you, know, you know, I'll own all the mistakes tonight. I'm not I'm not Mike McCarthy. Out here. Who, else was, who else is there to blame? Uh, it could be you or Breach. Who knows? Uh, okay, the winner of the third Paramount Plus $100 gift card. Drum roll breach. <laughs> Ethan Miller 318. Congratulations. What? Ethan Miller. It's Miller time. Terrible. Terrible. I invented that now. Oh, wow. hold on. Way to go, Ethan. Congratulations. Hey, appreciate you all for uh smashing the like button, watching. If you're if you're watching the replay, hit the like button anyway. Um and, and make sure to subscribe and then hit the little bell, which is alerts. We go live. When, when coaches are hired, you can pop in. Maybe we'll give away some Brinson sucks hats too. Um, okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. For the Ethan show. would like to know if he can wager the gift card on the Bengals money line. That's a great question, Ethan. He can wager anything anywhere. <laughs> Double or nothing. Is that what we're asking? <laughs> so, but like, like, I mean, do we have to like, do we have to give you like a $170 gift card? <laughs> like, I don't I don't I don't know how that he either loses it and we keep it and use it for a future giveaway or give another one. No, wait, oh, I'm... by the way, Michael Reeves, who must be watching us right now, just tweeted at me and said, uh, X rays on 49ers all pro left tackle, Trent Williams, right ankle come back negative. That's good. Ooh. Huge. Dino Samuel and Trent Williams playing in that game are absolutely necessary, or else the you know be crazy if we got a Ram Chief Super Bowl because that's what everyone wanted after that 54 51 game in 20. 20- 18 and then the Rams made the Super Bowl that year, but the Chiefs didn't. And the next two years, the Chiefs made the Super Bowl. That the was, Rams that was, but that was the year that Mahomes lost in overtime, right? To Tom Brady because freaking uh, because the, the coin flip, right? And so, oh, that would be kind of crazy. Chiefs it's, Rams would be a what's the what I was I was going to ask what the total would be earlier. What, what would 112? <laughs> I mean, over the public <laughs> would. They're going to set it like 56 and the public's going to bet it up to like 58. And there's going to be the surge of people like smashing the under uh, as, as we get closer to the game. Is there a bad Super Bowl out there? I guess Niners Bengals is not ideal. No, no, no. People will love that. Are you kidding me? It's great for me. Again, Brinson, what's the highest rated Super Bowl of all time? Bengals Niners. People want to watch new blood. People watch. Tell them it's right there. I think the worst one, honestly, as far as a national perspective, probably be Bengals Rams. That's yeah, in LA. Brinson I mean, I would be excited. Line. I would personally be very excited. I'm talking about if you asked a casual fan to rank the Super Bowls from one to four. Breach. All casual fans care about are the Super Bowl commercials. Everyone knows that. I, I do think that the NFL would, and this is the other thing with the, the Rams minus three and a half is like, 
the NFL would really, really like the Rams to be in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Back-to-back years, home Super Bowls. That would be crazy. The NFL would like that. Which is all I'm saying. Where is it next year? So we can can they put one in Cincinnati? Okay. No, they refused. That's ridiculous. Okay. That's it for the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for smashing that like button. Thanks for subscribing, for rating and reviewing. We are down to four teams and three football games left in the entire season. It's pretty crazy. It's a little sad. We had an incredible weekend of divisional football for Breach. For Wilson, I'm Brinson. See you guys tomorrow.